Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. Go buy stuff for your guitar, westminstereffects.com. Make sure you leave or subscribe or whatever. I don't know. Leave a review and subscribe and you know what the deal is. At this point, no one really cares. I'm not joined in person by the right Reverend Bradley Cox, but via the interwebs doing his best Jersey Shore fist pump, (laughs) we have... Hey, this song's a banger, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I can't. It's self-promotion. I'm not. I'm not trying to shame you for that fist pump. It was a good. Yeah, one. no, it was. Yeah, it was good. Anyways, John Ross, Westminster effects artist, songs, Bergian Christian, uh, apparently temporary air guitar player uh, for the Westminster Effects Exiles podcast intro. Um, I mean, I was also the real guitar player for it, but yeah, also yes, that, yeah, you you did that whole thing. The I whole did, thing. and and the outro. The other crap's all from like YouTube Creator Studio because it's like Creative Commons, right? For you, but yeah, the intro and outro. Yeah. Anyways, I'm here. So so even and even, so even when you're not here, you're here. Hmm. Indeed. For what that's worth. That was, that was that that was my that was my whole ploy. Yeah. 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 So I suppose I should give you a little bit of news that I told you that I wanted your live reaction to. Yeah. And I don't think this is public in the doxology podcast world. It's not. It's not like it's a secret or anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I'm I'm in the right. dark. So are you, are you completely off. off at this point? Okay, so I've deactivated my account, but I haven't deleted it because we have. So I'm just I'm afraid to delete it, not because I want to lose. I'm worried about losing Facebook stuff. I've downloaded all the data. I've got an Oculus Quest, right? It's technically hooked to Meta, but I've got like Instagram that I don't do anything with, but I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't know, right? I don't know if I delete it, like what's going to go away. Um, sure. Because I didn't really spend any time really paying attention to when accounts moved from like Facebook accounts to Meta accounts on the Oculus. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've linked like my Instagram account. Like I don't want to lose that cause that's like still halfway decent. Right. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's deactivated, which keeps me off of Facebook marketplace, which is, you know, which is healthy. that's, that's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> <laughs> literally. That is literally yeah. worth its so, weight in gold. So I am completely in the dark about whatever uh, whatever hot bombs you're about to drop. It's not really a bomb, but so this Sunday, I'm going to preach my first sermon. Whoa! Yeah. So if you remember Jesse Harper, who we had back, I do a while ago. He is pastoring a house church now. Okay. Cool. And Good for him. I don't remember what he has to study for, but he doesn't have time this week or in two weeks to uh to actually prepare for that so he asked me to do it well how about that and i was asking some people basically looking for a way out (laughs) so i text my dad and he says why wouldn't you and then i told bradley and he went yeah and then clapped his hands (laughs) of course (laughs) i was like i'm not getting out of it then So. so you're preaching, but you're also writing it, right? Correct. No, I'm I'm buying a Perry Noble sermon off of uh, Bible Gateway or you. <laughs> yeah, I go. don't know. 
I have this lie concocted so well that I couldn't even get my source straight. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, no, that's that's fantastic. I remember my first time. Uh, <laughs> when, I'm going to have to put the explicit tag on this. Yeah, right. When a congregation loves a man very much. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, you know, at least it'll be better than... Uh, Hey John, you know how you hate those movie, uh, the, those movie parable uh, sermons. Why don't Why don't you go ahead and do one? Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you what I was going to preach on, which is the Green Mile. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> no, I'm doing Ephesians be one. A, I figured. <laughs> I figured do something that's fairly straightforward and that I know really well would probably be the best move right. for this. So nope, that's that's good. Uh, my uh, so one of the things that so I started doing this uh, this past fall. One of the things that I've been doing uh, this uh, so the last session was two Sundays ago. So not this past week, but the uh, the preceding uh, five um, is I'm continuing to ramp up. Uh, as the instructor for the basics, the new members course uh, here at, uh, at at the church. Oh yeah, um, I mentioned that a couple times. And and this um, previously, I'd done uh, you know the welcome and the devotion, kind of the summary or you know the the recap a little bit. Um, but the way that we do our new members courses is unique, uh, and so this took a little bit of. It's not like I have a syllabus, syllabus to go off of, which you'd expect, but this is how it works. It's modeled after how we do our, uh, our confirmation slash catechetical instruction, mm -hmm. where you, uh, the, the participants have video content that the pastors have produced, well, technically, um, Inspermedia, which is a, a professional production company that was initially a child of our congregation, um, they produced it, but our pastors, you know, are the ones in it uh, that do the video content on anything from Old Testament origins, uh, church tradition, uh, sacraments, soteriology. I mean, the whole thing, sometimes mm. not using those words, but nonetheless. So they have the uh, they have the video content um, and it's uh, either one or two videos, uh, usually two videos per week. Uh, there's dive deeper sections that you can link to that. uh um, hop over to some some different uh, some different resources uh, around the web uh, to help dive deeper into into things, um, and then after that they're invited to kind of ask questions, right? And it's it's in a format where it's submitted via a form that kind of pops up after the video. Uh, so the questions then are really what make up our in person class time. Mm. So. We have we have this kind of standard boilerplate that's in the video content, but then we customize the class sessions based upon what that body of people in the class, uh, you know, are asking, right? You know, yeah. like what because you know things hit differently at different times, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, and you're fielding you know the obvious questions like why did Martin Luther hate Jews at the end of his life and stuff like that. <laughs> no one has asked that. Uh, I'm disappointed. Now I've got this deep ingrained fear that we're like raising up a, a congregation of anti Semites just like under the radar. It's not <laughs> the case. We, it, I don't think so. Um, 
we we openly acknowledge that uh, that although we call ourselves Lutherans, he made some mistakes. Um, hence Augsburgian, right? Um, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, so that's all well and good. But when you're a guy like me who can carry on a conversation just fine, have a have a dialogue, have a discourse, some of these people aren't doing their homework until like the night before, right? And so like there's not a lot of time to answer these or to to formulate a lesson plan based on these questions, right? So right. Um, for someone who's been in the pastoral and teaching ministry for some time, that's a little bit easier than someone who has um, – what I would call a uh, a substantial academic knowledge of the subject, who needs to convey that to someone who is simply seeking a practical understanding of the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, our senior pastor slash director of ministries, uh, Michael Echelkamp, just a a wonderful servant of Christ, uh, gave me probably the best advice I've ever gotten from anybody. And it took me time to chew on it. And this is why I I bring up this whole thing. Um, not to, not to steal thunder, but to actually go back and point to you, Mm. uh, because what he said was lean into your weakness. Mm. I didn't understand what that meant. And until about a week later, when I was going to go into the first session that I was, you know, kind of teaching the whole thing, answering the questions for. And what it amounted to was my weaknesses, as I've, you know, kind of discovered them in this context, are that I'm not a pastor. That's a, that's a weakness that I place on myself, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need... I, you don't need to be a ordained minister to teach people, right? Right. It's not a prerequisite but i made it a weakness for myself mm. i really like the minutiae the details like like going into things and really deeply exploring like types and shadows and, and church tradition and, and things like that oh yeah uh, like that's that level of minutiae excites me and that's a weakness as well, because that level of minutia is is not, it's going to be more of a stumbling block to the people who are seeking to understand these things, right? It, it, at the get-go, right? That's right. like 300-level class. This is 101. Uh, and so what I, what I realized I had to do was simply say, hey, I'm a nerd. I like facts and figures and and linguistic analysis and all of this stuff. And I may say words that you don't understand. And if I do, I apologize. And I you, ask that And if and I, I ask do, that you call if I do, you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. What but what I effectively said was and if I do, raise your hand. You know, let me know that I've done that 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 I have said something um, that was that was difficult to grasp. Right. right. And it really amounted to, I'm, I'm just a nerd. I'm, I'm not like, yeah, I have, I have a college education in theology and, and systematics. Fantastic. But that was also a while ago. I'm also a computer engineer who likes playing guitar and working on trucks and flight simulators. And I have three kids. Like I have so much else going on that like, this isn't my main thing. 
I'm here as a peer. Mm-hmm. I want you to walk through this together with me, and maybe we can even nerd out a little bit too. And so yeah. leaning in my weakness and acknowledging that, right? Acknowledging where my, even if they're self-defined shortcomings um, come from and, and what they look like, man, that made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Things, things yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Blessings on that. Yeah. It'll, it'll be something. <laughs> oh, you're just gonna go and you're just gonna go in some sort of trance and like yeah. sinners of the hands of an angry god is just gonna spill them <laughs> i've i've somehow even though i've only listened to it like twice in my entire life it will i, I used a massive chunk of that uh oh good times um, in a in a sermon in a reformation day sermon before mm. uh so even though i've only listened to it twice i've just somehow absorbed every single piece of it and it all comes As the, as the spirit gives utterance, my friend. Yeah. So uh, because of that, uh, I haven't ha- had adequate time to uh, really prepare a proper topic. So how about we just do a big old inquisition because we got some fun questions. Let's do it. I'm glad for that. And this is the inquisition using royalty-free bumper music from YouTube, apparently. <laughs> Where, where you ask us questions and we answer them on the fly and you submit those questions via a weekly post in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. So, as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris and he asks, is the content of the book of Song of Songs appropriate for use in the Lord's Day service? Should it influence our songs? I would argue yes, but I just thought it would be a good discussion, and some dingus on the internet told me no the other day. <laughs> That's great, dingus. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and uh, all scripture is God breathed. All of and it. Useful and useful for teaching, uh, encouragement, reproach, so on and so forth. Can I get spicy here? Do it. So okay. We understand that, one, marriage is an image of Christ in the church, point blank. Right. And, and, and Paul uses, uh, and a man shall leave his uh, mother and father and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Right. Mm-hmm. So we understand that, and we understand that Jesus said that all of Scripture, the entire Old Testament, is about him, your, your types and shadows. The only reason we don't want to say that the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, depending on what you like to call it, is about Christ in the church is because our society is so pornified. Yeah. And we think of sex as dirty and we get kind of, we kind of blush about it. So we don't want to think about it that way. I don't think that's spicy at all. I think that's, okay, I think that's, I think that's accurate. Somebody's going to find uh, it spicy. Although, you know, in uh, in the summer camp days, not when I was running one, but when I was a counselor, actually when I was a camper, uh, we all knew about Song of Songs, and we were like, whatever, it's, it is what it is. It's, right. You know, it, it's been, it was taught to us from a young age that it's a depiction of the love that Christ has for the church. Perfect. Uh, how, however, the ones that got us 
where like things like Ezekiel twenty three twenty to the point where it's still in my head that chapter and verse reference. Uh, and if I, you probably would have to put the explicit tag on it if I. That, if that's I read the one it, I'm so. thinking of, right? It it involves uh, horses. Uh, uh, yes, allusions to those of the equine persuasion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ezekiel no, 23 is, uh, it's, uh, it does not pull any punches. You you would get fired for just quoting that. Right, get the. <laughs> in most churches. Get the, uh, get the Gettys uh, to do something with, with that. <laughs> with that. <laughs> I think I think you have to turn that into a death metal song. I don't. I think you oh, have yeah, no no, no choice. But if you're gonna turn that into music, it has to be like the most extreme form of metal possible. Absolutely. You know, obviously taking a Prefer- preferably in a format where you can't fully understand the words. <laughs> right. Right. So so like it, it is, this it, this isn't donkeys. This isn't just. <laughs> This isn't just an obscure reference because if you've seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, then you have seen this band perform, and that band is Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not recommend them for listening by anyone because they are obscene all the time, and it's atrocious. However, do it in that style, and it works. There we go. There you go. So, we just went from Song of Songs to Cannibal Corpse. So, so uh, Brian Morris sounds like you need to buy a Mesa, and uh, <laughs> and, and and start writing some liturgical music uh, based upon the uh, the Old Testament there, bud. Yeah, yeah. There we go. All right, Matthew Winter. He says there isn't a consensus on this in Reformedom, and the confessions seem to point toward the view, and he would agree that sanctification is monergistic. Yet many Reformed pastors, at least in the way preach sorry i'm just reading this and it seems to be a typo uh seem to believe in synergism when it comes to sanctification so which is it so to define terms when you talk about monergism or monergistic that is one party acting so us being of the reformed and in john's case the lutheran persuasion sanctific uh salvation is monergistic Point Absolutely blank. correct. God does all of it, and we have nothing to do with it, except Edwards would say the only thing you contribute to it is the sin that made it necessary. Right, and Luther and Luther would say uh, passively receiving, uh, and then actively responding. Um, but right, and so that that actively responding piece is the is is where the the sanctification uh, component comes in. Okay, sure. So the the synergism is or synergistic is two parties acting. Uh, in concert, effectively. Right. So, so the Lutheran tradition would be synergistic on sanctification, then. Or is this where you're gonna just gonna appeal to mystery? No, <laughs> <laughs> you know us. You know us well. Um, no, the the Lutheran uh, salvific, the Lutheran soteriology, absolutely monergistic. Uh, yes. Lutheran sanctification is that it is the work of the Spirit flowing through the life of a, uh, of, uh, of a regenerate Christian. Right. Um, so, so it is it is monergistic in a sense. Um, I mean, the the Lutheran understanding of sanctification is that um, a regenerate Christian cannot help but do these things 
that would be classified as good works. They cannot help but do that. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they're just, they're not what is expected of a Christian. They are the behavior of a Christian. The right. default. This is what they do. If you are, I mean, pick your, uh, you know, pick your adjective, pick your adverb. Uh, you know, it, it, if you are saved, if you are regenerated, you know, whatever. Um, you cannot help but live a sanctified life. Does that mean that everything you would do will be sanctified? No. Sinful human nature until the time which we are fully reconciled to the Father and the work of Christ is made uh, complete upon his return, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a matter of where that flows from. It flows from the redemptive act, from from that uh, from that salvation that we have through Christ and it is the Holy Spirit acting that work of sanctification in us. Um, Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, and I may have to read the entire thing in my memory because I can't just jump to, in, to an index. <laughs> um, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. Just as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Uh, yeah, that's something, so on and so forth. Right. Uh, I think that's pretty pretty dang good. Uh, God God doing all of it, effectively. Right, right, absolutely. It, it's, um, it's akin to um, saying that we are justified by faith alone and that when God gives us that faith, it is a living faith. Right. It, it's James, right? It, it, it points directly to, to James where, uh, you know, a lot of people will be like, ah, I gotcha. Faith that all works is dead. Like, no, it, it's, if, if we take what, what we have in, in James and even apply it, uh, to, uh, when Jesus is walking along the path and sees the fig tree that bears no fruit, mm-hmm. right? The evidence of a healthy thing is its fruit, right? It's not that the fruit is a part of, uh, making it alive. The fruit is the evidence that it is right. So, yeah. And that absolutely, absolutely flows from a monergistic view of the action. Um, it is, it is our, our new man, our regenerate self that only exists by the power of the spirit and dwelling in us because of that reconciled relationship with the father through Christ that we are able to do any of that stuff. So it absolutely has to come from a monergistic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It, if it gets to the point where, well, I'm saved. And so now I'm going to decide to do the, do the right thing. Right. Sure, we have decisions. We have we have decisions. Um, but even Luther would acknowledge that our decisions are bound by Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That called, he he writes about this in Bondage of the Will. It's like, yeah, like we're technically we have free will, but because of our relationship uh, with with the Father, because of the Spirit indwelling in us. Our will is bound to the will of God because of that. Yeah. Do we rebel? Yes, because we're sinful human beings as a constant reminder of the not only our need for grace, but the fact that grace exists. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 Let's do, a, let's do a fun one from Padre, my dad, Stan oh. Fields, who uh, has recently thrown out his back several times because... He won't stretch his legs. 
Padre, stretch your dang legs, especially with how much we're riding the bike recently. Oh, I was going to say pole dancing's hard, but you know, if bikes is the <laughs> uh, on, that's it. I'm just, I, have, air I have to do the explicit tag now. <laughs> uh, so he asks, chiropractors, are they valid or voodoo? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I've had to look into this an awful lot. Um, because, yeah, I'm I'm pretty squarely in the voodoo camp, uh, but my wife is like, yeah, yeah, no, I, my chiropractor does wonders. I'm like, yeah, for twenty five bucks, uh, twenty five bucks two times a week. Uh, but I did some looking because there was a person who was on our elder team at church. Uh, he's he's a great guy, um, he's, despite for some anti-vax leanings, um, but he also is a chiropractor. And this is what kind of, but so take that. And then my wife's chiropractor, who is also kind of the, he owns the building that my wife's studio is in a fantastic guy. I've been to him and I tell you what, he'll, he'll pop you and crack you and you feel great. Um, but the difference is striking in, in, like you go into Bo, my my wife's chiropractor, and he comes in and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're you're tight. Things feel you know like you're you're not all where you should be," and he'll just he'll rock and roll you for a few minutes, um, put some biofreeze on your back, and send you on your way, mm-hmm. right? And that honestly seems effective, right? right. There's there's the tens machines and the things that work with kind of like you know muscle tension mm-hmm. and uh, you know skeletal alignment that sort of stuff. I I think that's okay. I mean, there's an entire branch of traditional medicine um, called osteopathy. In fact, many of you may be going to a general practitioner who doesn't have an MD after the name that has instead a DO after their name, which is fully licensed to practice medicine. Surgeons are DOs. Uh, Dr. Mike, uh, the the famous uh, doctor on YouTube, he's a DO. Uh, but that in itself adds credence to the fact that, yeah, skeletal alignment makes sense. So take that. Then there's this other camp that is uh, inspired by uh, the Palmer School. So this is in Davenport, Iowa, near where I grew up. Um, and the this this Palmer guy claimed to be, it was is kind of recognized as the father of chiropractic, kind of came up with all of these things, invented these words, uh, invented these procedures. That, that's freaking voodoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the point where like, oh, I have hypothyroidism, right? I have to take medicine every day for the rest of my life. A Palmer chiropractor would say, oh, I can fix that. Bye. Right. I can fix that. Right. No, you freaking can't. Right. Like, you can't, you can't fix, like, stuff. It just doesn't work. Okay? However, people are more inclined to say, oh, yeah, it totally fixed this. I... I lost weight. I feel better. I don't have depression because I started going to this chiropractor. Is that it? Or did you start (laughs) making an intentional investment in your wellness Mm -hmm. that the evidence, the fruit of which going a question back is you're, you're obviously being intentional about going to a health, a practitioner, right? Yep. 
But what else are you doing? Are you eating better? Are you are you exercising? Are you sleeping better? Are you drinking more water because this chiropractor told you to? Like, so yeah, there there's like thirty three percent of the trade that's perfectly fine, but it has its limitations. Like you can't right. you can't expect a dentist to be like I'm going to I'm going to fill this cavity and your knee's going to feel a whole heck of a lot better when I'm done. <laughs> like it just it That's doesn't so it true. doesn't work. That's so, so true. You you just you have to find one who understands that their that their uh field has its limitations as well. Right. Right? And and isn't going to go in the, like who absolutely supports healthy living, healthy eating, healthy activity, but but is going to say that a healthy lifestyle is what impacts health, not crack a lacking and expecting. <laughs> oh yeah, there there you go. You no longer have freaking lupus or something. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I go. Uh, I have a subscription to our local joint chiropractic, which is kind of a chain, like a national the, chain. The joint. Yeah. yeah. I I always smile when I see that. It's like the joint, a chiropractic place. I'm like, right. that's clever. Right. It is. Um, especially since there's no CBD involved, if it's the joint chuckle, chuckle anyway. Um, but it's, it's very much like the first one that you described. It's, you know, Hey, you got something going on, you know, let's move it back in place, send you on your way. And, uh, you know, and, and, and particularly like, Hey, maybe stretch, maybe ice, um, you know, maybe have better posture for this particular thing you're doing or whatever. And, uh, so I actually have a regular occurrence of a rib head that likes to get just a little bit out of place right by my shoulder blade where my guitar strap runs. Mm. And the relief that I get from going to the chiropractor when that happens is immediate. You know, so, sure. so there is something to be said about that. There is something to be said about you know things like dry needling. Uh, so going to the chiropractor in, in combination with getting dry needled uh, pretty aggressively has helped me with an issue that I've had in a nerve in my hip for the last year or so. For the entire month of November 2021, I couldn't feel my right leg <laughs> on the I, surface. I, rec- I recall yeah. receiving some sultry photos of, of you being uh, aggressively dry needled. Yes. So you know, look that up on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. And by fun, I mean it's torture. But it really does help. Right. I however, mean, however, uh, neither my chiropractor nor my dry needling practitioner will tell you that what what they're doing is going to, you know, alleviate emphysema. Right. It's not like it's not a one time like this is the, the solution to this. Like this is palliative care. This helps. But mm-hmm. you also have to do these other things. You have to hydrate. You have to increase your posture. You need to increase your activity level. You need to stretch, Padre. Like, you need to do these things. Yep. Like, it's just not like, well, you've you've ruined it again. Let me pop it back into place. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like with, with my left knee, I, I have some, uh, what is it, patellar femoral syndrome where the kneecap wants to track laterally somewhat and, mm-hmm. and run over the femur, which can cause popping and discomfort yeah. and whatever. If the more I'm on the bike, the less it hurts. Um, but also I did do physical therapy and that didn't do anything. Mm. But when I got dry needled, 
it helped release those muscles to enable me to do more exercise to then keep that up. There's there's no one-stop shop for nope. personal care. Not I mean, at all. Yeah. Go stretch your legs, Padre. Hamstrings and glutes. <laughs> On that, my son asked me the other day, Dad, and this was my 12-year-old, mind you, uh, what's, what's like the scientific name for the butt crack? Because <laughs> like, he was, well, because it started with like, the butt has such a cool name, you know, like gluteus maximus or whatever. I'm like, technically that's the muscle, right? And he's like, well, what's the butt crack called? And so I had to look it up. The, what is it? it? Intergluteal cleft. I've learned something today. The intergluteal I'm, cleft. I'm trying to include that in as much conversation as I legally can. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, I like that. Oh, man. So, next question. <sighs> From Drew Medden, he asks, what's your summary of the book of Job? And what would you say Job is referencing in three twenty-five and chapter 3, verse 25, when he says that the thing he has feared has come upon him? Hmm. Well, I think one of the big stories of Job is God's sovereignty over every event in our lives. Right. Because Satan brings certain calamities upon Job, but he has to get permission from God first. Right. So he's on a leash. You also have, Toby Sumter said this at the uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast conference a few months ago, we have to wrestle with the fact that in God-inspired scripture, you have chapter upon chapter upon chapter in the book of Job of Job's friends telling nothing but lies about God. So there's some compare and contrast there to do too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, while God is sovereign over literally everything, ultimately... For his glory, I think you tied in, and everybody that knows me is like, oh, he's going to Romans 8 again, to conform us to the image of his son, right? Because that's what you end up seeing toward the end of the book, right. is is Job is more conformed to the image of the son. I know that my Redeemer lives, right? So, that's what I got. Yeah, I I fully agree. I mean, to answer the question about the, you know, what does he mean by the thing that I fear most? Um Without some additional study, I don't want to speak to that. I don't want to guess, right? Like I, yep. I, I haven't, I haven't done a, a deep dive in in Job in a while, and I don't, I don't want to speak, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn on on that. Um, but I'm sure there are some brilliant commentaries by uh, uh, you know respected teachers that we could turn to, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and perhaps that's our encouragement to you is uh, go check one of those out and and report back. What do you find? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a I'm a computer engineer in Cody Bill's pedals. Uh, so uh, ultimately, we would probably use the same resources that we are right now uh, encouraging you look at. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. If I had to guess, uh, for the thing that I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me, uh, I could think immediately of either... Um, the circumstances that I feared, like my greatest fear being these things happening, or right. it could be the thing that I fear is God, 
right? His, his dread has befallen him. That, you know, but that's without doing any study at all. That's just my guess kind of off the top of my head. Sure. I, I think I think any uh, reasonably informed guess would probably uh, fall kind of in in that arena. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one more question, and this is a fun one, from Ferent Zinli across the pond in Hungary. Do you... <laughs> he asks great questions for uh, our largely American listenership. He asks, do you vote for presidents for the memes or is there a purpose? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, so the answer keep, is yes, <laughs> right? I mean, you got to keep in mind that that we've only had meme era three meme era presidents, right? Like memes in the sense of in the sense of like what we know them as, you know, right. something so socially shared. There, there's there's you know basically since the dawn of the republic, you've had political cartoons and things. Ex- like that's that. exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, like uh, images of of uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, with like a movie camera off to the side and like in in one frame he's acting and one frame he's governing and you know whatever like mm-hmm. um or uh you know George W and uh in a cowboy hat and you know whatever like with yeah. with, with enormous ears <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't we already mention Ross Perot <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that yeah. was before we started recording that that may that may have been well y'all missed out <laughs> No, that's, that's a, I, it's a funny question, but I can, I can only imagine to the rest of the world. I mean, we've had like in, we've had a incredibly old, oh my goodness, career politician who also has, has moments of, uh, lucidity and could be a complete badass went to uh <laughs> he went to ukraine and he went to ukraine in wartime like that hasn't happened in freaking years i mean right? it, but if, if we're being honest he did do that for damage control true true but nonetheless but the op- the optics are good I'll the optics the optics are good and he looks pretty cool in aviators so we have that guy <laughs> before him we had a re- reality tv star I mean, you could say he's a real estate mogul, but that really didn't pan out all you know all that terribly well. He wasn't he wasn't a very good steak salesman either, <laughs> right? Uh, we, maybe we should just be as generous as possible and be like, uh, our previous president had a cameo in Home Alone too, or yeah, <laughs> whatever I, it was. That's the um, uh, crowning achievement of his life, honestly. right? Uh, you know, but like every every politician every president there's something that we can pick out except for you know abraham lincoln because you know he did have seances in the white house he did have that but he had a pretty dope beard yeah and there's a and there's a a burger restaurant in lincoln named after him yeah and uh, he he, but he grew the beard because a little girl wrote to him and said you're way too skinny and you need a beard right (laughs) right right Maybe that would solve all of our country's problems if is if we elected a president with a beard. There we go. When was the last time we had one with any facial hair at all? It's been at least 70 years. Great. 
at the, the only, very the least, only one been... I can picture is Grant. Like that's the only one I can picture. I mean, of course, Teddy yeah. had the had the mustache. Yeah, but after after that, I mean, I can't think fa- of one. Facial hair was not was. I mean, you got to remember, like from the the forties through the seventies, facial hair was considered to be you know uh, counterculture, right? Um, you know, clean shaven, thin tie, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, technically, uh, we vote for presidents uh, based upon uh, political alignment and the quality of their character. Um, but only technically. Some, yeah. Sometimes we <laughs> need to make uh, uh, concessions one way or the other. And ultimately, what really matters, yes, the popular vote for president does matter, but what ultimately matters is the vote for our elected representatives in Senate and Congress. Yes. Who do, in turn, make up our electoral college to be the great equalizer, at least that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, it's a, it's a brilliant system. Oh, it is. But it's also the reason why, we'll, why it, at least for any time soon, we will never have a third-party candidate. Right. Which, if we're being honest, any other, like the parliament, parliamentary systems of, uh, say, Israel, like they cannot keep a government together right. because it all relies on coalitions between different parties that all hate each other. Exactly. And then they elect a prime minister, and that that actually seems messier to me than uh, than what we have over here. Yeah. Now, oh, over yeah. here, mean- over here, we don't get anything done federally, right. and that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. So maybe everybody else should learn from us and set up their governments to not do anything. That's fair. I mean, it's expensive to do that. Yeah, but because uh, even even in the EU, so I'll, I'll keep names out of this. But I've I've been talking with someone to possibly distribute some stuff in Europe. Uh, I don't I don't want to talk out of turn and announce anything because nothing's official. But uh. I can't repeat most of the words he used about the European Union. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, I can I can quote this. Socialists and bureaucrats are devils in our society. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Yeah. He's I mean, wrong. like, yeah. I mean... Put your boots on, pull up your pants, get to work, participate, be be a person. Yeah. Don't, de- don't and, depend. And honestly, on... honestly, we should be more focused about what's going on locally anyway. Right. Yeah. And has much more of an impact on your life than anything the federal government does. Now, that doesn't mean that the federal government never impacts your life, but even stuff like the COVID lockdowns, those were all state and local. Mm-hmm. There was nothing imposed other than certain travel things of entering the country and stuff like right. that. Right, or or federal property. Right, or or federal property, uh, which, which is well well within the rights of the federal government to do. Right, uh, but in terms of like any kind of mask mandates or anything like that, that was all state and local yeah. government. Right. So get to work there. Yeah. I've I've, will... I've spoken at uh at my county council once before. Mm-hmm. Where they were, um, there were, there was a spate of shootings at nightclubs, and they were going to. They were, someone had proposed that if you were going to perform music 
in Spartanburg County, then you had to get a background check through the sheriff's office. And I went in and told him that wasn't biblical. And that's what our Bill of Rights is based on. So, anyway. What are you typing up there? Oh, I was I had to look up uh someone's name uh because I was about to say if uh if there were if if there were four people I could vote for for president, they'd all be fictional. Uh, <laughs> they'd they'd be the president from Independence Day. <laughs> you know? Like that speech on the airfield, man, like that that's America, right? Fighter jets, freedom, mm. Tasty or uh, uh, or Harris or. Harrison Ford in Air Force One, <laughs> get off, get my, off plane. my plane! Right uh, now, this as a Republican, as a conservative, this is a little out of left field. But he did such a darn great job. Uh, Jedediah Bartlett from the West Wing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I do him. Uh, I wouldn't. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Gosh, and then and you have and just then ruined fourth place. You've just ruined the minds of all of our Sorry. listeners for this. <laughs> and then in fourth place is a tie uh, between Madam Secretary, right, Tia Leone's character, and John Dutton from Yellowstone, uh, which I haven't watched Yellowstone because I don't have time. But I did watch the forty-five minute complete uh, seasons one through five recap on YouTube, so I feel pretty. Uh, uh, pretty or well, uh, qualified or David Palmer from 24 played by Dennis Haysbert. That's right. That's been a long time since yeah, I've, you're welcome since for that I've one. watched that one. But uh, yeah, like let's, we need to have, I, uh, this feels like a slippery slope, but like we, I think we need some Hollywood screenwriters uh, to be on, <laughs> to, to be on the cabinet. Like they, they apparently know what good politicians look like <laughs> surprisingly hollywood doesn't screenwriters do so i don't know uh bartlett for america that's what i've got to say <laughs> yeah honest honestly like uh, most of us over here know exactly how much of a joke our presidential politics are right we're okay with it whatever i mean i i would i would rather have I would rather have Donald Trump than than a dictator wearing a military uniform sitting in the Oval Office. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or or for that matter, Joe Biden over a military dictator. As yeah. as yep. as unpleasant as that has been, and as weak as he's made us look, and as right. senile as he's made us look. True. Bless his heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Still Absolutely. still not as bad as John Fetterman. Is he doing okay? No. I, yeah, I don't think He's in the hospital so. again. As and Jimmy Carter, I was on his last leg, speaking of uh Yeah uh politicians. Yeah, I thought I thought Third was in the hospital. Not a stroke, but uh again, but Apparently something else. clinical depression. Huh. So that's no fun. That? Yeah. No, not at all. Also It's a messed uh, up story, honestly. Just uh, indeed. <laughs> We've had a lot of interesting things, like the balloons, right? But the balloons were just stupid, if we're honest. I, I know, but here's the thing. <laughs> As an aviation nerd, can you imagine the excitement of the of the fighter pilots? You're like, wait, 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 wait. It's been twenty, like twenty years. I get to shoot something down, like for realsies. And then he missed. Well Well, for the second yeah. one. That's the thing. A freaking sidewinder missed. That's I mean, I guess it was small. It was small. 
okay. Um, and they wanted to use the cheapest missile we had. And no, we couldn't use guns because Canada tried it and it just pokes holes in it and doesn't do anything. But <laughs> nonetheless, I mean, could you imagine? Like, that'd be, you're waiting, you're, you spend your entire career waiting to press that pickle button for real. And he's like, <laughs> I get to do it and I don't have to have a bad conscience about it? This is awesome. It's, it's an inanimate object. Right. And I get to blow it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness. I'm just going to hit that button for now because this is just going to keep going and we're going <laughs> to this episode has been brought to you by political uh, political fiction and Top Gun Maverick uh, now available on all streaming platforms <laughs> bless our hearts go love God love your neighbor make some music we'll see you next week see you next time